Oh, he's coming? All right, we're up to Daf Lamed Gimel Amid Aleph. Let's start slow. Come down, he's good. I know, no, that's the thing also. It's part of the, part of the ceremony. Um, we're up to three lines into the page. We're, we're commenting on a b'risa from yesterday that the b'risa is referring to the obligation to stand up for Zakanim and potentially Rabbonim also. The b'risa said, Amr Mar, you might think that you have to spend money to honor a rav. Meaning, the Pazik never says that, that it's, it's, you know, it just says, Tokum Vadarta, you should stand up and honor him. How do you know that you don't have to spend money? You might think you have to spend money to, to honor him. The Pazik says, you shall stand up and show him honor. Just like standing up doesn't cost anything. Meaning that the honor that you have to give to Rabbanim should not cost you anything. It doesn't have to cost you anything. Because Tokum Vadarta. Honor is just like standing up. Just like standing up doesn't cost you anything. So to honor also doesn't have to stand anything. Doesn't cost you anything. So the Gemara says standing up doesn't cost you anything. What if you're what if you're a, like a you know a diamond? Uh, you're making diamonds and standing up can it's time and time is money. The kima less kiss and standing up doesn't involve any monetary loss. Mila askina de kanaki marganisa. What if you're piercing pearls? It's a very very uh, high paid profession that every second you get paid for. And you have to stand up for a zakin, and they take you take twenty seconds to walk past. Bottom and you're losing money. So, so why are you assuming? You made an assumption that just like standing up, just like standing up for a zakin doesn't cost anything. So too, covered for rabbanim and and covered for zakinim doesn't cost anything. Just started. So the question is, how do you know it doesn't cost anything? Time is money. So the gemara says, okay, here's how you have to do. You have to reverse the drasha. You have to compare standing up to showing honor. Rashi says that the word honor implies honor in speech or paying money, like giving money. So you have to reverse it. You have to compare standing up to honor. Just like honor, even if it costs money, it doesn't actually cost you time, right? There are two forms of hider. The hider means either saying something nice to a rabbi or paying, giving him money. Neither of those involve time. So just like Hidr doesn't involve time, doesn't involve built malacha, so to Kima doesn't involve built malacha. Af Kima shame by Bittal. So to you're only obligated to stand for a zakin if it does not involve uh, spending, uh, lo- losing out from work. So okay, so you go from Hidr. Hidr can mean money, but it doesn't mean Bittal malacha. So to Kima doesn't mean Bittal malacha. And now reverse engineer it. Once Kima doesn't mean Bittal malacha, it also means you don't, it doesn't cost you anything. So to Hidr, doesn't cost you anything either. So it's a reverse drasha. So the drasha goes out like a boomerang. It goes hither, which implies money but not time. So to kima is not time. And then just like kima is free, so to hither is free. Okay. The Mekan Amru. Now you see from the sugya, the one thing you could walk away from the sugya is the obligation to stand up for a zakin should not involve a monetary loss. Meaning, if me standing up is going to involve me monetary loss, I do not have to stand up because we compare kima to hither. So the Gemara says mekan amru. This is the source that they used to say ein bali umnis If you're paid by the hour, you should not be standing up for rabban when they walk past because 
they're not obligated to be mechavit a rabbi if it involves bit malacha. You're not obligated to lose that on your work. And if you're paid by the hour, every second you're being paid for. So you're only obligated to stand up if you're not working. If you're working, you stay seated. Okay, so this is the makar, that when you're working, you do not stand up for Rabbanan. So the Gemara says, is that true? You don't stand up for Rabbanan while you're working? But the Mishnah describes the mitzvah Bikurim. Right? We had Bikurim a couple parashiyas ago. Bikurim is you take the first fruits to the Beis HaMikdash. The Allah is... When they would walk with the new fruits, when the farmers would walk to the Beis HaMikdash, all the people would stand up for them, even the people working. So you're telling me you don't stand up for Rabbonim, but you stand up for Bikurim. What's the difference? So the Gemara says, All the people, even the worker and the craftsmen, would... would Join me. Would would stand up. Would stand up. Uh, would stand up before them and and ask them how they're doing. And say to them, Our farmers from whatever city, welcome and come in peace. So the question is, you're telling me you don't have to stand up for Rabbanim for the mitzvah of Adarta Prezakim because it involves mitzvah malacha, but they stand up for Bikurim. You know what the answer is? Bikurim is different. You don't stand up for Rabbanim, but you stand up for Bikurim. The answer is exactly. I'm Rav Yes, exactly that. You stand up for the mitzvah Bikurim, because it was such a chaviv mitzvah, but you don't stand up for Rabbanim. The mitzvah of standing for Rabbanim does not apply when there's bitam malacha, but the mitzvah of standing up for Bikurim does. By the way, this concept of standing up for Bikurim is the source that you stand up for those that do a mitzvah. That's the reason why uh, they'll stand up under a chuppah for the chasen and kala, potentially, because they're on their way to do a mitzvah. Also, that's why you stand up. The Taz says, interesting, you stand up by a levaya when they bring the nifter in. People think that you stand up for the covet of the nifter. That's not the reason. You stand up for the people carrying the nifter because they're being oisik in a mitzvah of of uh, of uh, of kfuris ames. So the Gemara continues. Am Rav Baravin. We mentioned before that you stand up for the mitzvah of bikurim. All the, they would all stand up for the for the farmers. Come and see how beloved is a mitzvah that's being being done properly at the proper time. Because they stand up for the mitzvah of bikurim. You don't stand up for rabbanim. So it shows you the chavivus of standing up for a mitzvah. So the Gemara says, not necessarily the greatest proof. Maybe, perhaps no. Perhaps really, you don't have to stand up for someone who's doing the mitzvah. I, they stand up for Bikurim. That's Shaloite Machshil and Lasidlavai. They want to incentivize the mitzvah Bikurim. The mitzvah Bikurim involves that you have new fruit, you're living in Tiveria, you have to travel all the way to Yushalayim. If you get there and nobody cares, then no one's going to do it in the future. So maybe the pomp and circumstance by Bikurim is not because it's a mitzvah and you stand up for a mitzvah. Maybe, whatever, you don't have to stand up for a mitzvah. I, you stand up for Bikurim. It's because they want the farmers to, like, you give pomp and circumstance, then they'll do it in the future. It'll be motivating them to do it in the future. If not the pomp and circumstance, maybe they won't go. But it's not because of chaviva mitzvah b'shaita. It's, it's they want to incentivize this in the future to get the farmers to go in the, the next year and the next year and the next year. The Gemara continues. Amir Mar. Now we said yesterday you do not have to stand up for a rav or a zakein when you're in the bathroom or the merchatz because that's not a place of respect. So you don't have to stand up for them in the base merchatz. The Gemara says, wait a minute, you don't you don't have to stand up for someone in the base merchatz by the mikvah. Rav Chia was sitting in the bathhouse. Chalifa also Rav Shimba Rabbi. Rav Shimba Rabbi walked in front of Rav Chia while they're both in the in the merchatz. V'loy kam mekame. Rav Chia did not stand up for Rav Shimba Rabbi. V'ikpid Rav Shimba Rabbi got upset. Now he got upset because he's a rav, and also he taught Rav Chia. 
So he felt like that's the Hakaras Atayv. That that's he says Asav Amr Levuas. Rav Shimba Rebbe said it to his father Rebbe. He says Shnei Chum Shin Shanisli B'Sefer Tehillim. I taught him two fifths of Sefer Tehillim. Veloy Umbefana. He's not standing before me. So he was upset. So the question is like this: If you're not Mechoyev to stand, then what is he getting upset for? Okay, that's story number one. Second story, very similar. Vesu, another incident. Bar Kapari, Vamler of Shumar of Yosi, Bar Kapar and Semzu Shumar of Yosi, whoever it was, Haviyasa Be Meschusa was sitting in the bathhouse. All of us are Shimberevi, again, Shimberevi walked past. And again, the same story. Loi Kamekame, Bar Kapara didn't stand up for Shimberevi. The Ikbid Shimberevi got upset. Asam Levua, again, he comes back to his father and he says, Shnei Shalishe Shlish, Shanisi the Taris Kayanim. I taught him two ninths. Of Taris Kayanim, Veloyama Bifanai. Remember what he taught him. He said, I taught him a chalik of Taris Kayanim. He doesn't stand in front of me. So he's upset. Now, again, it's the same kasha. If you're not machuiv to stand up, what are you getting upset about? Now, the Gemara ends off the story that Rebbe responded as the Limitzchos Vamerle, Shema Behenu, Yoshim Mahir. He says, maybe he was learning the things that you taught him. So he was so busy thinking about Torah that he didn't stand up. Now, by the way, I, how could you be thinking about Torah in the Merchatz? Put that aside. We'll address that in a second. So that's like a limit schos, that maybe he did appreciate your learning. He was, you're teaching him. He was thinking about your teachings, your shiurim, so much that he, that he was so preoccupied. Okay, the kasha is, if you're not mechayiv to stand up, and what is Roshim Barevi upset about? So the answer is, the implication is, that Rebbe acknowledged that they should have stood up. He was just saying, maybe they were preoccupied, but they should have stood up. I thought you don't have to stand up in a Merchatz. So the answer is, Merchatz has different rooms. They would have different sections of the Merchatz. You see, our Merchatz doesn't, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I've been to Merchatz, I don't go to Merchatz, but uh, Mikvah is a little different. But the Merchatz, you have like the Schwitz area, you have the inside area where everyone's naked, and then the outer room where people are getting dressed. The outer room where people are getting dressed, you have to stand up. Because that's not a place, that's a place of covet. The inside room where people are not just, you don't have to. So the answer is very simple. When Shimba Rebbe walked past them, he was referring to the outside area where everyone is already dressed and everyone is already clothed. In such an area, you do have to show covet. And when the Brisa says you don't have to, that's talking about the inner room where people are not dressed. Okay. The Gemara says, The Brisa that says you do not have to stand up is talking about the inner chambers where people are not dressed. That's talking about the outer chambers where people are dressed. That you do have to stand up. The Gemara says, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Why? That explains it. Why? What was Rebbe's defense of their actions? Rebbe said, maybe they're thinking about learning. Are you allowed to think about learning in the Merchatz? No. So how could they be thinking about learning? It must be they're in the outside chamber. The outside chamber, everybody's dressed. Yeah, you could think about learning over there. You could uh, daven over there. It's the outside room where everyone's already dressed, where they pay to walk in. So that's why, because if it's actually the inside chamber where people are not dressed, how are you allowed to learn about Torah? How is that Ali Mitzchus? So the Gemara says, ah, not the greatest proof. Dilma Luan Perhaps you're not supposed to learn there, but maybe they were. Meaning sometimes Rabbanim were... The, the tire, they, they had a hard time turning their brain off. So maybe they had a hard time turning their brain off. Maybe that's what, meaning when Rebbe said maybe they were learning, he's not saying that they should be learning. Maybe they're talking in the inside room and everyone's not dressed. Are you not allowed to learn there? I understand you're not supposed to, but sometimes their mind is preoccupied. Happens to be that, that you know, it's a famous thing about the, the Vilna Gaon would, uh, would do math equations in the bathroom, said he wouldn't learn. He wrote Kramer's, uh, they say he wrote Kramer's uh, theorem or something like that, that in the bathroom. But Ravavadia, I heard this from Ravis Yosef, the chief rabbi, he said that his father would read the Israeli newspapers, like the Yidirach and all those things. He would read in the bathroom, and they asked him, why, like, what are you reading about, like, politics? He said, it's the only way to turn my brain off. Like, he, he, he couldn't stop himself from learning. His brain was working too too fast. So the only way to turn it off was he would listen, he would read the newspaper, and that would sort of uh, shut it down. The Gemara... Can... I said that? Yeah? 
It's, it's possible, but that's because he, he doesn't look at our showers as a merchatz. Okay. He didn't look at our... Uh, that's a shiloh of whether our bathrooms are considered a Beis HaMerchatz because they do have a shower, but they're cleaner than the old Beis HaMerchatz. Okay. So if, if th- th- that would be you totally... Would Correct, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, so. Now, we said in yesterday's Brisa, and I, I, we said it was a little funny. The Gemara now addresses it. We said in yesterday's Brisa, you might think that when a Rav walks past you, you could just close your eyes and say, I don't see him. The Pasuk says, you have to fear God, and God knows what you know. That someone has a mitzvah, a rabbi is in front of you, and he's like, I see Okay, so then uh, close your eyes and then stop. Maybe you might think that you can uh, you go, go to shul and just close your eyes. Wait, 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 wait. So the Gemara says, That's a Russia. That there's a mitzvah in front of you. You're already in the mitzvah and you're just going to ignore it. It's okay. That's someone who doesn't care about mitzvahs. So that's, you need a b'risa to tell me that if the guy already has a mitzvah. It's not like, by the way, it's not like before the mitzvah happened. That people get clever. This is the, the zakin's already there within Daladamas. He's already obligated to stand up, and he just closes his eyes. That's called the Russia. That's someone who says, "I don't really care about mitzvah so much." Right? There's an ani who sticks his hand out. Let's say you have to give him a dollar, and you're like, "Okay, so that's someone who doesn't want to give mitzvah zakin." I need a brayser to tell me that you're obligated. So that, that's a Russia. So the Gemara says, the answer is that's not what the Bryce is referring to. The Bryce is referring to someone who's being clever. As uh, sometimes, uh, as in the Torah world, they get very, very clever. The case is, you close your eyes before he gets within your Daladamas. Meaning, when he's within your Daladamas, you're already Mechuyiv. Of course you can't close your eyes. That's someone who's just ignoring a mitzvah. The case is, he's walking towards you. And you're like, before he gets there, I'm just going to not see, I'm not going to know. So technically, you might think, what's the problem? I'm just, I don't know that I'm mechuyiv. I'm avoiding the knowledge of the chiv. The answer is, also that is also not right. You have to know that you're dealing with HaKadosh Baruch the taught, right? The Pasuk says, you only stand up if it shows kibbut, which means you only have to stand up if it's close enough to you that it'll show him covered. What's the area that he comes close enough to you that you have to stand up? You have to only stand up when he gets within your Daladamas. If the Rav is outside of Daladamas, you don't have to stand up because if a rabbi is 100 feet away and I stand up, it's not clear that I'm doing it for his covenant. Maybe I'm doing it because I want to get a tissue. But when he's within my Daladamas, it's clear. What, so the, what about a situation where... Uh, Oh, so that we're going to talk. That's later on in the Amid of whether you're mechuyiv during during learning is a shaila. Also, are you allowed? There's two shailas about that. The Gemara is going to address. First of all, are you allowed to stand up while you're learning? Because that's you could argue while you're learning, you should show cover to the Torah and not stand up for a rav. Secondly, if you're learning from a rabbi. Right? Let's say your Rebbe is teaching you, and then another Rabbi walks up, standing up for him could be a poigim in the covet of your Rebbe, because it's like what you're showing covet to, you already have your Rabbi here. So the Gemara is going to address both of those. Now the Gemara is not Rabbi, the halach is that you only stand up when they get into your Dalaramis, is when it's a Rebbe, but it's not your Rebbe Muvik. A Rebbe Muvik, that means your uh, exclusive primary teacher, you have to stand up when you see him, just when you see him within eyeshot. Now by the way, two things. Um, first of all, I, I, I believe, I hope, I never forget, I remember when Avzalik would give shiurim on Thursdays, I was like to hear it, when he entered the Beis Medrash, the clap, everyone stood up until he sat down. That was sort of mali enough. When you saw him, from you stood up. Now, yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. It's all, all malchus. All malchus is like that. But I will say this, just a quick halacha, and then we got to go back to it, because I don't have time. Um, Rebbe Muvik, what's the definition of Rebbe Muvik? So in the times of the Rishonim, 
Rebbe Muvik was the person who taught you your primary learning. Primary learning was there was a certain level of knowledge. You went to one Rebbe, he taught you everything. The problem is nowadays you, you can't really have a primary Rebbe because you don't learn most of your information from one person. You learn it actually from Svarim. You don't, it's not like it used to be where you would go every day for four hours a day to one person. He taught you everything you know. It doesn't really work like that anymore. So the Aruch HaShulchan already addressed it. The Rivash already talks about this. The Aruch HaShulchan in Yerdea talks about this. And he says that nowadays a Rabbi Muvik, according to one opinion in the Rivash, Rabbi Muvik is someone who taught you your, your way to think. Meaning, it's not going to be most knowledge, because you're not going to have most knowledge from one independent person. You're going to pick it up from Shiurim, from Torah, from Svarim, from books. What it, what it is, is if, let's say, you're someone who has a certain way of thinking, like you're a brisker method, whatever that means, and then, then maybe the brisker of would be your Rebbe Muvik, because he taught you not the most information, but he taught you how to learn. Okay, let's go weiter. Abaya, the Gemara says, Abaya, Mechi havechazi leluudna dechamid Rav Yosef, Asi havikoyim. Abaya would stand up when he saw the ear of the donkey of Rav Yosef, meaning when the donkey of Rav Yosef would round the corner, just from seeing the beginning of the donkey, he would already stand up. Abaya havarachiv chamra. Abaya was riding. Abaya was riding on a donkey. The kamaski agudin asagi. He was walking along the river of Sadia. Sagia River, Yasiv Rav Mesharshi and Rabban be the Kisa. Rav Mesharshi and the Rabban were on the other side of the river, but they saw him. and they didn't stand up for him. Now, although they're on this other side of the river, they see him, and he's their Rabbi Muvik, so they should stand up. So Amr Lahu, Lav Rabbi Muvik, I'm He says, I'm your Rabbi Muvik. You got to stand up. So they said, Amr Lei, Loi have Lava Daitin. We didn't notice you. Such a sick story. We didn't notice you. Sorry. We notice you in the future. We will stand up. Rav Shimon ben Elazar Oimer Menayin Lazakin Shliyat Shriach Tamloim Mizakin Viyareisa. We said yesterday that a zakin should be conscious of this, and if the zakin has two entrances, one entrance avoids making everybody stand up. He should take that entrance and not be matriach a lot of people. Amar Rabbi Nektina. We have a tradition. Imakiv Chaya. If a zakin takes the longer route to avoid making people stand, Chaya Helava Richas Yomim. Abaya Makiv. Abaya would take a circular route to avoid. Causing people to stand. Rav Zerimakir, Rav Zer also would do such a thing. Ravina Haviyasiv, Kameda Rav Yirmi Medifti. Ravina was one sitting in front of Yirmi Medifti. Chalafu Gavra Kame Vlemixereshe. A man passed before him without covering his head with a special hat. Apparently, when a Rav was there, it's say nowadays as well. If you're someone who wears a hat, if that's part of your uh, wardrobe, when you see a Rav, you put a hat on. Yeah, if you see a big Rav, you put a hat on. So this person showed up in front of Rav Yirmi Medifti without wearing a hat. So he says to him, Amar oh, Ravina said, Kama chutzvah, what type of chutzvah are you seeing? Ravimi or Medifti without putting a hat on? So Amar Le Ravimi responded, No, Dilma mimasa mechasian inu digisi He's probably from Masa Mechasi in that city. They're like surrounded by Rabbon. Like if you're someone who's in Bnei Brak and you're constantly around with Chayim, and so you're used to Rabbonim, so maybe it's possible you don't wear your hat. It's not a considered act of disrespect. He's surrounded by Rabbonim and, and he's sort of used to it. So the Elimutzchus. Eisib and Yehuda Oimer, just to run because it's a lot of words on the stuff. Eisib and Yehuda Oimer, and they say, V'tokim afilo kol sevim we had yesterday the AC venue who the holds you have to stand for any zakin, even uh, uh, someone who's a little ignorant. You don't have to be a tamachacham, you have to stand up. Zakin uh, uh, even any old man above 70, learned and not learned, you have to stand up. And that is what the halach is. Uh, assuming they're not Rishoyim. If they're Rishoyim, we don't. But even if they're not learned, you do stand up for someone that's above the age of 70. The reason being is because uh, it's a shail of why you stand up for someone above the age of 70. Is it because of their Torah? Then this wouldn't make sense. The answer is you, you, you're standing up because they have life experience. They made, They've, it. They, they made it. They got past the goal line. And, and part of it, is, it's not just that they have experience. So who cares about experience? The answer is they've seen the Yad Hashem more. Mm-hmm. 
The more you're on this planet, the more instances you've seen, the more you have opportunities to see the Yad Hashem. The Gemara takes this step further. Rav Yechonah would stand up before non-Jewish elders. And he would say, Look how much experiences they've had. Meaning, they've seen the Yad Hashem. If you're around on this planet for 70 years, Jewish or not Jewish, you will have seen the hand of God. And therefore, he stood up for him. The Gemara says, Rava Now, Rava did not want to stand up for Goyim. But what he would do is he would do this. He would do the whole push on the table a little bit, hinder, a little stand up like that. Now, Abaya would give his hands for an older non-Jew so that they could support themselves on him. Rav and Rav Meshad Rav would not send, not give his hand. He would send the Gabai to do it. And Rabbi Nachman would send also officers to do it. Now, why? Because they felt that while it's a nice thing to show cover to an elderly guy, they represent Torah. And for them to be machnia themselves for someone that's not that's not uh, that's not Yehudi, they felt was a bizarre for Torah. They didn't have a problem with doing it conceptually. That's why they sent their gabai. But they felt that they represent Torah, and it's not that the Torah should not be machnia, but for someone that's not Isaac. Omar ilav Torah kama nachem barabba ikabeshuki. He said the famous line that without Torah, I'd just be nachem barabba. So meaning the cover that people are giving to me is because of Torah, and therefore I can't be mevatel it. The Gemara continues. Omar of Eiba, Omar of Yana. I go to the next page. Ein tamachacham rashi laamid befnei rabbi el shachris arvis. How many times do you stand up before your rebbe? Let's say you're in the rebbe all day. So how many times are you going to stand up before your rebbe? Twice a day only, not more than that. Why? Kedesh leyekvoid merubiv koyet shemayim because. How many times do you talk to Hashem in Shmona? In, in, in uh, how many times do you talk to Hashem in Shema? It's an assumption. Shema, not Shmona. Say Shema. Shachris and Arvis. You say you talk to Kavalos Almuch Shemayim twice a day, so you can only stand up before you're zakin twice a day. Because if you stand up for him five times a day, then you're showing more covet to boss of Adam than you are for Akadish Baruch. So you see that you only stand up for a zakin twice a day, assuming you're around them. Now here's the kasha. Meisvei. We said before that a zakin should specifically take a long route to not be matriach people. If you're only standing up for him twice a day, that's such a big deal. Meaning, you read that b'risa, it sounds like every time the zakin walks past you, every time you're in Beis and your rebbe walks past, you have to stand up every single time. Hence, the b'risa says, don't be matriach. But if you're telling me it's twice a day, then a zakin should take a circular route to avoid twice a day? Twice a day is not a big deal. So the Gemara says, no, twice a day, you should also avoid being matriach people. The Gemara says, no, loy, loy, really, you only have to stand up for a rough twice a day. Still, if a rav can avoid being matriach people, even twice a day, the Gemara's like assumption is that if you have to, if you have to avoid being matriachim, mistum you have to stand up for him every single time. He says, no, twice a day, and he should still not be matriach you twice a day. Twice a day is also a tircha. So if you can avoid being matriach you, that's better. If a Tamachacham does not stand up before his Rebbe, Nikra Rasha, not standing up before your Rebbe is enough tantamant to be called a Rasha. And you won't have a Rishos And you'll forget your learning. Because the assumption is that it's an act of Gaiva and it's rejecting the Messiah of Torah. A wicked person will not have any good. He won't have a Rishos Yomim. Because he and he, he would not endure because he did not fear God. Because the Pasuk says by standing up before a zakin, you have to fear God. Because he didn't fear God, meaning he did not stand up for a rav, then he won't have a richas Now, here's the thing though. This Pasuk just says you won't have a richas yamim because you didn't fear God. Now, that can mean a lot of things. That could be eating pork. 
We're saying fearing God means standing up before a rabbi. So, the fact that the Pasuk says fearing God regarding standing up. So, when the Pasuk says, if you didn't fear God, you won't have a richas yom, it means if you didn't stand up before a zakin. Let me ask you a question. The Gemara says, The Pasuk also says about ribis that you should not charge interest and you should fear God. So maybe when the Pasuk says that you want to have a richas yomim, it's not for someone who doesn't stand up, it's for someone who charges interest. Like, how do you know? Again, this Pasuk just says that you want to have a richas yomim for not fearing God. Where does it say anything about standing up? It says yare. So there's words yare by, by standing up. There's also words yare by ribis. So the answer is, penei, penei gomer. There's a gzer It says the word penei in this Pasuk, and it says penei by standing up, and that's how he knew that it was referring to that specifically. Okay, here's the kasha. Iboy Okay, this is a kasha in both directions. Here's the case. The case is that the father is learning by the son. So the question is in both directions. Now you could have, you could have by the son, you could have the, whether the father has to stand up for the son, because he's the Rebbe. But let's go reverse. Does the son have to stand up for the father, right? There's a chiv of kivar aim is that when the father walks into the room, you have to show covered by standing up. The question is, does the son have to stand up when he's the Rebbe? That's the question. So the son is teaching the father. The father walks into the room. Does the son have to stand up? You have a chiv of standing up for kivar aveim. On the other hand, he's I'm the one teaching him. So do I have to stand up? So the Gemara says like this: Tashima, Amrle Shmuel or Rav Yehuda. Now Shmuel told Rav Yehuda. We had this yesterday. Rav Yehuda's father was Rav Yecheskel. Shmuel tells Rav Yehuda, stand up before your father. Now although Rav Yecheskel learned. By Rabbi Yehuda, so that's the father learning by the son. Still, the son was told to stand up for the father. So you see that even if the father is learning by the son, the son should still stand up because Shmuel told Rabbi Yehuda, stand up before your father. Even though his father comes to his shear, still you got to stand up. So you see that the son stands up for the father. So says, no. Shani Rabbi Cheskel, the Baal Rabbi Cheskel was different. The reason why you have to stand up for Rabbi Cheskel was not, normally the son does not have to stand up for the father when the father goes to the son's share. So why did Shmuel have to stand, or why did Rabbi Yehuda have to stand up for Rabbi Cheskel? The answer is Rabbi Cheskel was, 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 a, was a tzaddik. He had, his midas were exceptional. Baal Maisimu, he was a major Baal Chesed and he had, he, was, he had exceptional midas. That's why he had to stand up for him. But the average father that learns by the son, maybe you don't have to. The Gemara says, I'll prove it to you. Because Shmuel, the Rebbe, would stand up for Rabbi Yechezkel. Shmuel's not the, not the son. Stam, Shmuel would stand up for Rabbi Yechezkel. So that shows you Rabbi Yechezkel was an exceptional individual. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. So you're telling me Shmuel stands up for Rabbi Yechezkel. Rabbi Yehuda, who's the son of Rabbi Yechezkel, and he's the Talmud of Shmuel, is being told by Shmuel, stand up for Rabbi Yechezkel, stand up for your father. If Shmuel is standing up for Rabbi Yechezkel, then would I think Rabbi Yehuda, who's the son of Rabbi Yechezkel, and the Talmud of Shmuel, if Shmuel, his Rabbi, is standing up for his father, you don't think he's going to stand up for his father? So you need Shmuel to tell Rabbi Yehuda, stand up for your father, even though he comes to your shir, stand up for your father. Shmuel stands up for him. Shmuel's his Rabbi. If Shmuel, if his Rabbi stands up for his father, Kavachoymer, he's going to stand up for his father. So what does he need, what need is Shmuel to tell him to stand up? Of course he stands up. If Shmuel stands up for Rabbi Yechezkel, if other Rabbi Yehuda, his son has to stand up for him, the answer is, the case was not like this. Of course Rabbi Yehuda had to stand up for his father. That was Pashat. What was Shmuel saying? There were times where Shmuel was going to be teaching Rabbi Yehuda. While they're teaching Rabbi Yehuda walk in, and Shmuel was saying to Rabbi Yehuda, stand up, even though I'm in front of you, 
And you might think, Minim. of course Rabbi Yudas is in the first father, generally. The Chiddush is, even when his father walks in, in the presence of Shmuel, his Rebbe, you might think that you should not show covet to your father in the presence of your Rebbe, because that's poigim, the covet of your Rebbe. Kamash no. Shmuel was telling Rabbi Yehuda, stand up for Rabbi Yechezkel, even when you're in my presence, because I also stand up for him. Okay. Ibailu Avikasha, reverse it. Same case, the father learns by the son. So we just got finished saying that the son should still stand up for the father, Kivravim. The question is, though, can the father stand up for the son? Again, the father goes to the son, learns by the son. So can this, does the father stand up for the son? Because he's his Rebbe. The son definitely stands up for the father, because Kivravim. The question is, does the father stand up for the son? Is it respectful for the father to stand up for the son? Because he is his Rebbe, but he's also... He's also a son. So the Gemara says, Tashima, I'm Rabbi Shuman Levi. Rabbi Shuman Levi said, I only stand up for my son because he married into the family of the Nasi. Shmuel, apparently, Rabbi Shuman Levi's daughter in law was from the family of the Nasi. So he stood up for his son because of his wife, because of his, his daughter in law. He said, I, I, I should not stand up for you because you're my son, but I'll stand up for you because of who you, the Mishpacha you married into. What does that imply? Time of Rabbe, the implication is the only reason why is the Rabbi Shuban Levi doesn't want to stand up for his son because Rabbi Shuban Levi was his son's Rebbe. Ha ihu Rabbe, but the implication is had his son been Rabbi Shuban Levi's Rebbe, maybe he would stand up. All you see, what, what Rabbi Shuban Levi said is, I'm not standing up for my son except for the fact that he married to the Nazi. What if his son was his Rebbe? Maybe he would. And the Gemara's rejection is, maybe not. All he's saying is, I'm not standing up for my son. Unless my son marries into the family of the Nasi. The implication is, had my son been the Rebbe, he would. Maybe no. Maybe he would say like this, I'm not standing up for my son regardless, even if my son's my Rebbe. But I'll stand up because he married into the Nasi. Rabbi. No, no, no. I'm not standing up for my son even if he's my Rebbe. But I'll stand up because of the covenant of the Nasi. Okay? Here's the Kasha. If you have to stand up for a Rabbi who's, uh, who's on a chariot, so the rabbi is sitting, but the chariot is moving. So do we say that it's like the rabbi is, uh, is moving, so you have to stand up for him? He's walking past you. Or you say, no, the rabbi is sitting. What do I have to stand up for? So that's the question. Is Rachiv kim mahalach dami? Ayena kim mahalach dami? Okay. The Gemara, that's the Gemara's kasha. So basically, in other words, when you have something that's moving, where it's stationary, but it's on something moving, do you consider it moving or stationary? So the halach is like this. Very, very quickly, we're almost done. Just uh, very quickly uh, uh, to know, when it comes to Tumah, a Mitzayra is able to transmit Tumah only when he's sitting, not when he's standing or moving. So based on Sukkim. So the Bryce says like this, Amr If a Mitzayra is sitting under the tree, so now he is, because he is, he's sitting, he transmits Tumah, the whole tree is now in oil, and therefore Tumah, anyone under the tree is Tumah. So far, so good. Let's say that Mitzayra is standing. So as I said, if he's standing, he does not transmit Tumah. But if the Mitzayra sits down, he transmits Tumah. So far, okay, not related at all. So too it is with a stone that has Tzaras. Meaning, if I'm carrying a stone, yeah, picture this being a stone, a stone with Tzaras. If I'm carrying it, now the stone, stone is sitting. I told you, you only, become, you only transmit saras if it's sitting. The halacha is, if I'm carrying the stone, it only transmits tumah if the person carrying it sits down. If the person carrying it stands or walks, it doesn't transmit tumah because it's considered moving. If the person standing sits down, then it sits down. What does that show you? The stone is always stationary. But when person carries it, it's considered moving. 
It's only considered yoishev when the person carrying it is yoishev. That shows you that although the stone is not moving, you go by the, the vehicle that's carrying it. So too when it comes to a rav, although he is technically sitting, but if the vehicle carrying him is moving, he is considered moving and you have to stand up in front of him. You see from the sugya that a person moving... Uh, that, uh, that, that uh, an item that's stationary that's being carried and being moved is kimahalach dami, it's as if it's moving in halacha, which I think is uh, very sechelder. Iboilu have a kasha. Ma'ul amba fnei sefetar. Just am a kasha. Do you have to stand up when a sefetar is being transported? I mean, we all uh, are very familiar with the kasha. Yes, but this is the source. Do you have to stand up before a uh, sefetar? So, Rav Chilki, Rav Simon, Rav Lozim, Kav Achoyimim. If you stand, have to stand up for a rabbi who represents the Torah, of course you have to stand up for a sefetar. So, Avadi, you have to stand up for a sefetar. Now, this addresses, I think, Menashe, you, you pointed this out. Rav Eloi, Rav Yaakov, Bar Zavdi, Havi Yossi. Rav Eloi and Rav Yaakov, Bar Zavdi were sitting and learning Torah together. Cholof Azor, Rav Shem, Bar Abba. Rav Shem, Bar Abba walks past them while they're learning and they stood up. Now they stood up while they were learning Chavrusa together. They stopped their learning to stand up. Roshim Bar did not like this. Amr he says, there's two reasons you should not have done this. First of all, first of all, you're Rabbonim and I'm not a big rabbi. So you should not stand up because I'm not worthy of you standing, of, of, of warranting you standing up. Oh, you're learning Torah. You don't, when you're learning Torah, you don't stand up for someone who represents Torah. You're learning Torah. You're, you're Oisik in Torah itself. You don't stand up while you're learning Torah. Now, why did they stand up? Because I'm sorry, why did he he hold they shouldn't? Because he follows Rav Elazar. Rav Elazar said, while someone is learning Torah, you don't stand up for another Rav. Because while you're learning Torah, you're Isaac in Torah, you don't stand up for someone who represents Torah. But Abaya cursed anyone who had this shita. He said, no, you have to stand up even while you're learning Torah because you have to show COVID for someone who is also Isaac in Torah. Okay, just to finish up the daf. The Pasuk says that Klal Yisrael watched Moshe Rabbeinu when he went until he entered the machana, the entered the, the tent. They watched him until he entered the oil. He beat Now the question is, why are they watching him? So there's two opinions. One opinion the Gemara does not uh, does not want to go through. It's a Gemara in Saita. Um, it just references it basically that there were people that looked at him negatively. They would say, "Look how heavy, look how fat he is, and look how thick his thighs are." They said, "Oh, you see, he eats a lot. He gets paid very well to be a leader of Klaus. He's taking our money." Now the Gemara doesn't want to entertain that uh, possibility because those are those are crazy people. So what's the positive way of why they would look at him? So says the Gemara. You see from here that when a rav, when the gadol adar walks past, you don't sit down until he is officially in his place. So the Gemara says. One interpreted that the reason why they looked at him was Gnai, is disgusting what they did. And said, no, it was very good. The one who says it's disgusting that we've already talked about is because they judged him not favorably. But let's focus on the positive. What, the one who says that they, 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 why? If a Chacham walks past you, the average Rav, you stand up and then when they're Daladamas away from you, you could sit down. The average rabbi, when they're Daladamas away, you could sit down. You don't have to, I don't have to stand until he's out of the room. Daladamas, sit down. But that's a rub. Keep going. Av Bezdin, the head of the Bezdin, Oymen Mufad of Malayenov. You have to stand until he's out of eyesight. So the second he's out of the room, you could sit down. That's an Av Bezdin. Kivan Sha'avar Daladamas, Yosh, I'm sorry. Av Bezdin, you stand up when he's within eyesight and then you sit down outside of Daladamas. But Nasi, 
But a Nasi, the head of Klal Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu, the Gadol Adar, you do not sit until they are seated. And that's what I told you. That's what I had with, with the Rebbe that they used to do. But I'm sure all Rebbe's, uh, Rebbe Zalek Epstein, we did not sit until he sat. I was the, the Gadol Adar, or, you know, or the Rosh Hashiva, you know. And that's why they didn't, they didn't stop until Moshe. They watched where Moshe and Beidu went until he got into his place. Then we stopped. Two more minutes, then we'll end with this. Kol Mitzvah Very, very simple. And that is, we're all familiar with this. Women are exempt from time-bound mitzvahs. But they're obligated in non-time-bound mitzvahs. What are examples? What's an example of a time-bound mitzvah that women are exempt? So you have Sukkah, Lulav, Shifer, tzitzis. Ah, oh, that worked out well. Sukkah, lulav, shifer, and tzitzis. Those are all mitzvahs that are time bound. Right? Tzitzis you don't wear at night, so it's time bound mitzvah, and therefore women are exempt. But utzfilin, uh, tzfilin also. The only difference is that tzitzis, if they would want to wear, we would potentially allow it, but not tzfilin. Okay. But what's a mitzvah that is not time bound that they're obligated? Mezuzah, right? A mezuzah is not time bound. Whenever you have a house, you put up a mezuzah. Micah, putting a fence around the roof. Aveda, a lost object. Vishilu hakan, or sending away the mother bird. All of these mitzvahs are not time bound, and women are obligated. Stop here and pick it up tomorrow. Ooh.